so that that is kind of my strategy but it all stems from i never want to have to say no hey there i'm janie budnick the pet sitter guru and founder of pet biz hive and pet biz mba the pet biz hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to this week's Pet Biz Hive podcast. So I have a special guest this week. Really excited. Of course, we are still in our month of January where we're just doing some special podcasts on hiring and employees, along with, of course, the work that we're doing in the Pet Biz MBA membership on hiring also. So exciting time of the month. We are just carrying over what high level information we are learning in the Pet Biz MBA membership and just kind of bring in that to y'all to listen in on. So My special guest today, I have Jordan Blanton with Peak City Puppy in Raleigh, North Carolina. So she has some really interesting history uh, that I definitely wanted to bring to you and a very unique perspective and growth plan. So welcome, Jordan. Thank you for joining us today. So introduce yourself. Hopefully I managed to uh, do okay there, but you fill everybody else in. Yes. So I'm Jordan. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I actually, my unique scenario is that I bought into the pet sitting industry. So I can't, I approach this from a business background. I have a recruiting background and a degree in business. Um, And I was looking to purchase a business. And that is how I got into the pet sitting industry. So I did not start it on my own. It wasn't a love of animals necessarily that got me going. It was looking at profitable, lucrative businesses. And that's how I got into this. So I actually bought my first pet sitting business, which was called My Furry Godmother in September of 2020. And it was much smaller. It had five independent contractors when I bought it. Um, And then in February of 2022, I was approached to buy, excuse me, Peak City Puppy, which was much larger just already. Um, So it had 22 employees when I took over in February. And then in this past year, we've grown it. Um, So now I have 84 employees and year over year revenue growth has gone up 89%. And so obviously just from a a strong hiring perspective, but that's, that's how I got into this. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's back up and break some of that down. First of all, you purchased My Furry Godmother in September of 2020, like the pandemic Mm -hmm. was happening. How, like your business decision on that, did you see, did you see potential? What, what did you see in that? Why were you looking for a business at that time? And like you said, I mean, I know you have a puppy, right? You have your own. It's not like you're a non-pet lover or anything. (laughs) Why why did you choose this industry and why did you choose that time? Yes. Well, I technically got my puppy after I bought my furry godmother because I felt like an imposter. 
because I got my dog. So I I got my dog. I got my dog three days after I bought the business. I was like, guys, how are we going to put an about us picture on the website with no animal in our picture? So that's how we we got Piper. But now now she's good. Now she's in. So um, I, well, like everybody in the pandemic, you know, you kind of just thought it was going to end. We kept thinking, surely it can't keep going on. It's got to be over. It's, you know, so it had March is when it really hit. Um, and so it was September at that point. She, the the previous owner was taking a step back. She was using the opportunity to pursue another business opportunity in the fitness space. And I just saw it. It wasn't very expensive. Uh, I think I bought it for $37,000. She was doing, um, at that time, she was maybe doing like $2,000 a month in revenue. So it was very small, but I still had my full-time recruiting job. I was just working from home because of COVID. So I needed something that could kind of fit into the cracks of being a full-time having a full-time job. I have two small kids. I've got a husband, everything like that. So my furry godmother was just a 10 hour a week kind of commitment. It was never going to, we jokingly said it will pay the mortgage. Um, and that would, that would be enough. Didn't really have any huge goals beyond that. Um, and then it in itself grew as I hired and things like that. And then when peak city puppy came along, I bought that in February, knowing I would quit my job in March to couldn't quit my job before because I needed the SBA loan. So then I quit afterwards. Um, <laughs> got to make sure then, it all looks good on paper, yes, right? Yes. It's all got to be there. But then I, I knew at that point, Peak City Puppy was going to be more of a time commitment than I was running. So, um, and then it also was big enough to replace um, most of my income that I was making. And so then I was just betting on myself to grow it the rest of the way. Yes. And of course, like you said, you come to this with a a very different perspective with a business background and a recruiting background. So um, that is, again, different from most of us who started because of our love for pets and possibly even being in the pet industry previous to starting our own business. So Mm -hmm. huge difference, but you are and your family is kind of serial entrepreneurs. Uh, Fill us in on what else you do. So we have, my husband runs a seafood company. We live in North Carolina. So he drives to the coast or one of his employees drives to the coast. And then we bring that seafood back into a couple locations here in Raleigh that we sell kind of at a roadside farmer's market type of fresh fish. And I would Uh, love to come, right? I'm a little too far away to buy from you though. Yeah, (laughs) yes, it doesn't make perfect sense. That's what it is. It is nice. Like we had crab legs last night and I do think my kids are just thinking you know oh yeah we can have 10 pounds of crab legs no problem like that's not a fancy special meal that people get but (laughs) the perks the perks of the seafood business and then we also just have we have a um a decent uh real estate portfolio and we've got a couple uh condos down by the local college and then our university and then we have um a couple apartment buildings out in some neighboring suburbs and things like that. So we've got some, some different income streams from various yes. investments and things. 
Yes. So, so definitely your brain is wired a little bit differently. Um, I know from my perspective, I knew nothing about yes. business when I started. So I had to learn by books, courses, mistakes, um, anything I could kind of dig up. And, and you, you have that background. You were looking yes. for an investment opportunity in this industry and clearly you found it. Yeah. Um, so you do have that yeah. uh, recruiting background, which leads a lot into this, but yeah. if people did not hear yeah. you say that initially, you went from between the two companies, 27 employees, all the way up to 84 employees now. Yeah. Tell us about like, that transition. Yeah. So there, well, so I think recruiting actually gave me two pieces of perspective that are transferable to this industry that I didn't necessarily no, but have been. So the way that I was in recruiting, I worked for a staffing agency. And so the way staffing companies work is, you know, I place somebody out at a job for $15, the company pays $20, you know, and I'm making that difference or my company was at the time or whatnot. So the concept of trading other people's time for money, not my own time, because obviously I can only work 40 hours in a week, or you can work more, but you shouldn't. Don't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you just shouldn't do that. You need a life. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like, I've got my career. But at the end, when I was leaving my recruiting, you know, I had 100 people out working for me on the recruiting side at for the staffing company. And if they're all working 40 hours a week, and I'm making $5 an hour, while they're out working, it doesn't matter if I took a sick day, they all still went to work. And so that's kind of the same concept, obviously, with the pet sitting, like I, there will be times my husband and I are sitting down to watch the office, and I can look in time to pet. And I'm like, I've got five people out doing a visit right now. Like that is just a powerful way to feel in control of your life, I guess, like, it just really feels like you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. So that is something from recruiting that the concept made perfect sense to me, which I know a lot of people from the forums and the different podcasts really struggle with that concept of taking themselves out of it, and letting somebody else represent them and doing the job that they want to do. And I, I am not naive, like I know, no employee is ever going to care about the business the way I do. And why, sh why should they? They're not the owner of the company. So, but it's not about caring as much as I do. It's about, are they doing, are they representing Peak City Puppy in a way that is good enough? <laughs> you know, like they're, yeah. they're making us proud. They're being out there just because they don't say a sentence exactly how I would or handle it exactly how I would doesn't mean that it's wrong or that it's less than it's just different than what I would do. So certainly kind of letting that level of control go is kind of necessary to grow, grow is, a big, a big team. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, you definitely are talking about the economy of scale, but yeah. that that is true when you think about it. Um, I know way back when I started to hire a long time ago, um, it, it was, it was a letting go of control. Um, it was a concern that this person will never do it the way I do it. So many times mm -hmm. that led me to, ah, I'll just do it myself. Right. Um, 
but there's there is no scale to that. And there is no personal freedom of being able to sit down and watch those episodes of The Office without without always being tied to the phone and concerned that something is going to go wrong. So that is the beauty of scale. And, um, you know, but then the other part of it is understanding that, yes, you can, if you find the right people, you can teach them the the skills to actually properly take care of the pets you can you know you can help with some of the soft skills there's there's only so much on soft skills but it depends on what you're hiring for um but you can teach people have enough confidence in yourself of knowing that you you can find people and you can teach them to do things the way that you do them so what kind of challenges yeah and you can you can course correct if they go Yes. Yes. You can definitely course correct. <laughs> That's uh, some of what I've been. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've been talking about a little bit over the past couple of weeks is that whole course correction of, of working with employees. It has challenges, but it's all doable. Yeah. So uh, yeah. tell me about. And it definitely, like you said, the economy of scale. Oops, I'm sorry. Like the economy of scale to what you want it to be like obviously not everybody's goal is to get to a seven-figure business or whatever it may be like even i still do in my company i still do new client um intake calls like i'm figuring out what they want and my husband's like you could you could hire somebody to do that and i'm like absolutely i could i said but i don't want to right now i like it i like keeping my pulse, like my finger on the pulse in that regard right now. It's not because I don't think that I could hire somebody and teach them. I absolutely could, but I don't want to right now. So it's also, you know, if you like doing the visits, if you want to do them, you know, there's a balance. You just want to have the, have the freedom and control to design it the way you want to do it. So if you're doing visits because you want to do them, that feels a lot different than doing visits because you have to do them. And I think that's what employees kind of gives you the option to, to pick there. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what I I talk about in, you know, growing yourself to that level and, um, you know, in the pet biz MBA and even what I talk about here in the hive usually is having that freedom to choose, you know, it's the the same decision right now, you know, over the pandemic uh, they're, they're talking right now in the news about um, the the boomers are all retiring and so you know we're gonna have this real change in our labor market and how a lot of them instead of retiring because of the pandemic um, even the recovery from 2008 a lot of yeah. them were working longer than they had been because they had to yeah. so it wasn't that it was a choice you know I do have some retirees that work for me in my business right now and they do it because they choose to, right? You know, that's right. that's that freedom of have to versus choose to, and having you know a well-established business that you've built a great base for. That choice is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, it is. Just it is. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast that was talking about just feeling like you're somehow the captain of your own ship just makes everything feel better. Like you can work really hard, even how we just talked about working 40 hours. If you feel like you're in control and you're really going hard after something you care about, you can easily put in 60 or 80 hours and it not feel like a burnout. It's when it is draining on you that that's, that's the difference. So 
yeah, just, I always say, you know, my goal, I want to be able to do what I want when I want from where I want. So that's the life I'm trying to design. So, and it's a, it's a great place to be. I know it has taken me, um, a lot longer to get to that point than companies have now um, because yeah, yeah. there is so much education available and it's so easily accessible. People can grow to the level that I am in like warp speed. Um, it yeah. took me 25 years. Hello. That's almost embarrassing to say sometimes that it took mm-hmm. me 25 years. Uh, but yeah. come on, people. I started with dial-up internet. So give me a little credit <laughs> on that end of it. Um, and, you know, just at all the changes in the industry and all of the development of people's view of their pets. I've seen it. Definitely. I've seen the whole gamut of it in that period of time. So this is the perfect opportunity to grow and scale a business like this. So uh, let's kind of dig into a little bit of your recruiting background and how that has really helped you get from 27 employees to 84 in only 11 months. So how, um, I mean, how do you view the business? Like you, you're taking on people, do you have jobs for them? Are you growing that fast? Fill us in on all of that. Yeah. So so we are growing, luckily, but we're also so my when I first started, when I first took over Peak City Puppy in February, I realized the difference. So she had paid a lot of money to be at the top of Google. And I realized that that meant the influx of inquiries coming in was tenfold what was ever coming in to my furry godmother. And so when I first started and I would talk to people and I get their information and then I'd send it out to the team and I'd be like, I'd have to go back to the client and say, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have anybody available for that weekend or we don't have anybody that can do that walk consistently. And I hated it immediately. I was like, wait a minute. There go again, from a business standpoint, I'm like, there went my revenue, just walked right out the door. Like, shoot, I already had them. I had them in my inbox. I had them on the phone. I had them closed on pricing, I just couldn't deliver the final product. Um, And so that kind of sparked the engine that I felt like, and I mean, I'm still only a year into this bigger company. So I'm saying this is my strategy. It's working so far, it might not keep working. I mean, I'll to be determined, we'll do another one in a year and let you know. (laughs) Okay, we'll get that on the calendar right now. So my strategy was just to hire rapidly in our certain, you know, areas, our little suburbs that we service. I wanted to hire rapidly. Now I do, when I'm hiring, I am very transparent with people. I am hiring part-time supplemental. I am not anyone an illusion that this is a full-time job, kind of like we talked about retirees doing this as a choice, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to be responsible for anybody's mortgage. That's too much pressure and too much. I can't control the pet sitting market enough to guarantee that you're going to make this much every month and you're going to have this many visits. So, so candidates who really dig into those kinds of questions and say, okay, how many hours is it? Whatever it may be. I pay per visit and I just, I use the thing, I said, it's not, I can't equate it to an hourly job. Like if that is what you need, 
then you need to go get the hourly job. And then let's see if we can pit, fit pet sitting into the evening and weekends. But you go get that other job that you need for consistency and then we'll come over. Um, so I, during my interview process, I am definitely conveying that, that it's part-time. I'm also conveying, I actually use the phrase, I'm like, I am hiring for growth, not because somebody left. So you aren't going to start. And on Monday, I don't have a route for you to run with five clients. It's going to take time to build up your own clients as well as people you can be backup for and things like that. Now we are a big enough company. We're doing an average of 150 visits a day. So there is work to go around. So I can quickly get people at least a visit or two a day. I don't have a ton of people just sitting and I, and I, with my setup, I don't have anybody coming to me complaining that they don't have enough work because it was laid out from the beginning that this is what it was. And I, you know, I'm of course, no hard feelings. If it doesn't work for either side, whatever it may be, I just try to be super transparent on the front end. And that kind of gives me some peace of mind, I guess, in that I don't have to, I don't have to have all the business sitting, waiting for them. I can hire and then I can market. Um, we're particularly, we're trying to expand a little bit farther south than we've gone before. And I've got, I had one sitter there and I told her, I said, once I can get two or three, then I'll start actively marketing that we service this town. But until then, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to be turning away everybody because you're just one person. But once I have some help there, so I have five people there now. And now I'm starting the plan of adding it into our rotation of, hey, we service this area and can start picking up clients down there. Um, but yes, I am definitely a hire first. Will come. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so that that is kind of my strategy, but it all stems from I never want to have to say no. That is my thing. Even this weekend. This past holiday weekend, we had um, somebody reach out, a, an existing client reach out and say, hey, is it too late to put in for Sunday night and Monday morning? And my admin, initially, I saw her respond back and say, hey, no, your two sitters can't do it. And I sent her a note and I said, what's the point of having all these employees if we have to say no? I'm like, pull in somebody else. Her dogs are not mean, like we know them, somebody else can do it. And so we ended up getting it covered. So obviously two visits is what, $60, but it would have gone out the door. And I, it's like, nope, we have the employees just pulling the extra help. That is what all these employees are, are here for. And that's what they're doing. So, yeah. And that's really, a, um, you know, that's, that's how in individual businesses choose to run their companies. So, you know, I mean, Several things Absolutely. we're talking yeah. about here are, are really, they're, they're big choices to make in your company. And they're important choices that you have to make if you want to start to scale, like that team mentality that, um, you know, you're, yeah. you're making sure that you're bringing in clients and pets that are appropriate for your uh, general well-trained staff member to go into, um, yep. you know, if you are a company that specializes in reactive dogs, that kind of team model, you, you have to hire people who have experience or you have to have a really right. intense training program to be able to send somebody cold into a reactive dog. But 
Right. Um, but definitely uh, whenever you're looking at that huge scale and that you know big team being able to come in to support those last minute requests, you know, you do yeah. have to be able to do that, you know, pretty comfortably with the clients that you have. It's a big change yeah. in my own mentality. Of course, I started out and I probably ran for at least the first good 15 years of being stuck in the mindset that, oh my gosh, my clients are not going to want multiple people coming into their house. Well, you know, then I started to realize that that wasn't necessarily the case. And it was my mindset. I was projecting my own presumptions on my clients. And I mean, I've actually found that a lot over the last 10 years, like, oh, they're not going to pay this much, or they're not going to want this, or I'm going to lose a whole bunch of potential clients if I charge for new client appointments. You know, oh, if Mm -hmm. I switch to lock boxes, people are going to leave. If I raise my prices, people are going to leave. Well, I I finally just scrapped it and said, I'm not my ideal client. I need to quit. I need to quit making decisions about my business based off of what I think the market wants. I need to test the yeah. market and find out what the market wants because yeah. I yeah. would, I would suck as my own employee or my own. Well, I would suck as my own employee too. I'm, I don't have an, <laughs> but I digress. Yes. I would suck yeah. as my own client. I would be the biggest pain yeah. in the ass. So, yeah. um, so yeah. that's why. Well, definitely. And, and there is some of that training on the client, you know? So when my admin goes back, my admin goes back with, okay, we may be able to pull somebody in, but they're going to have to go in blind. Like client, you have to be okay. Strangers in your house, strangers taking care of your dog. Are you like, here are your options. You get coverage or you don't, which pick your poison, that kind of thing. So, you know, that is also, yep. Like you said, you have to have the clients on board. And obviously if she had said no, then at least again, at least it puts it back on the client making the choice of not wanting it versus me not being able to deliver it. I, people, you know, have main sitters, they have backup sitters, they of course get attached to their person. But overall, I'm trying to keep the mentality of you're a peak city puppy customer, and we will send you in somebody who can get the job done. If it happens to be the person you like every time, like that's obviously what we try to do. That's ideal for everybody. That's best. But I don't want it to be if that person leaves or that person's on sick or anything like that. I don't want it to be a big hoopla of a thing. I just want it to slide back in. It's like, okay, but Peak City Puppy is going to send somebody else, that type of thing. Yeah, that's that's a really important distinction there is that, you know, these are Peak City Puppies clients. Right. And, you know, you want to make sure you keep that relationship, uh, you know, the probably the most, one of the most devastating things in my business history was back in, I think, um, 2008, it was, I had, I was using contractors at the time, two of my Mm -hmm. contractors developed this lovely little plan and they walked off with half of my business. Um, So several of those clients that I had had for years, I contacted them and I'm like, "Um, what's going on? And they said, well, they're my pet sitter, not you. Uh, So I realized at that point that there was no, there was no real connection. So that technically is one of the benefits of having a team mentality is they start to understand that no matter who you send, you send amazing people. So that's what you communicate and you communicate right up front early and often that this, this is the way that we operate. So we can have the ability to never say no. That was 
way too many double negatives, I think, in there. That was really mm -hmm. poor grammar, but we don't want to ever say <laughs> no. So therefore, we work with a team mentality. Yeah. I think that that's a little bit better there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So, you know, really thinking about your recruiting background, what are like the, maybe the top three things that you can think of that the biggest things that you look for, even on the early end, when you're going through your interview process, what are three of the biggest things that you really look for in a great candidate? Yeah. So mine, I am, they're all intangible skills. I would say they're all soft skills. So That's okay. I, I even say my line my interview because that is what I learned in recruiting is you say the same stuff over and over again you just say it to different people and then I learn how they react to it but so I have a lot of one-liners that I say in almost all my interviews but um, one of the things I say is that I'm like I can teach you how to walk a dog that's pulling or I can teach you how to pill a cat what I can't teach you is how to manage your calendar manage your time and things like that. So um, in the interview process, I am looking for, the first thing is dependability. I need them to be having called me back quickly, responding to my text messages quickly, showing up for our video interview on time, um, everything like that. I need them to be dependable. Not rescheduling our interview. I know that sounds harsh, but it's one of those oh. things. It's like if something comes up, they're going to have to really wow me the next time because it's like, okay, mm, you, you know, something, something you can't reschedule. <laughs> so, definitely, dependability is the big thing because, again, I can teach you how to do it. Or even if you're, if you show up at the Pet City visit and even if you don't do it perfectly, I can course correct you to do it correctly the next time. I can't help you if you just didn't show up like that's not going to work. You know, you have to at least go to the job. So definitely that. And then I would say just in general, like an organized mindset, there is we let people have a lot of autonomy over their schedules and kind of saying yes or no to jobs. So with that, I need them to be able to know, OK, if I agree to this visit in the eight o'clock hour, then. I could do another one, but I probably can't do five. Like I need them to know that and be able to manage that kind of themselves. So again, kind of an overall organized. My sitters also do all their own meet and greets. So, you know, there's different times and you're like, okay, with this client, I'm scheduling a meet and greet. With this client, I'm doing a sitter introduction. And with this client, I'm starting services today. So kind of that project management type of experience where there's lots of balls up in the air kind yes. of all, all at once. And then the last thing would be just general communication skills. During the interview process, I've obviously talked to them on the phone, but I've also made it a point to exchange emails and texts with them because I want to see how they respond. Not only how promptly, but properly, you know, are they using proper English, good grammar, everything like that? Is it coming through? Because they do have to go on these meet and greets, so they need to be able to present well, and then they need to be able to leave notes and time to pet. And obviously in our training program, you know, I'm always, I'm like, you have to be able to deliver the news of what happened, but if things didn't go perfectly, nobody wants to hear their dog's an asshole. So like, don't say that, 
in the, you know, yes. you can say like, oh my gosh, he was so excited to see me. Like we went right outside. We threw the Frisbee a few times. When we came back in, I saw he'd gotten sick in the library. Don't worry. I cleaned that up. I can't wait to be back in a couple hours. Like that is delivering the news without harping on, oh my gosh. And then I had to scrub the rug for four minutes. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> nothing will come out. Like, I don't know. I don't know why he got sick. He must be so nervous that you're not here. It's like, no, 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 no. no, no oh no. yeah. You know? Definitely yeah. not. That's... Yeah. It's kind of like, but again, I can teach that. And I actually have in my process, I have snippets of good notes from time to pet about things that are likely to happen and how you could nicely word them <laughs> to, yeah, to tell the do. client. Yeah. We, we actually have the same thing in our operations manual with like great pictures staff has taken and great notes. And then yeah, we, yeah. uh, we do, I do a, uh, a video every week that I send out to the staff that re they're required to watch as part of their metrics, their KRAs. And, um, we do that frequently. If somebody has just knocked it out of the park, I mean, we feature pictures every week because of course you want to yeah. emphasize and reward those behaviors that you want to drive. And then if a staff member does like something great yeah. with a message, we always highlight it because then it acknowledges that individual staff and it lets other staff members see kind of what our expectation is for, you know, that, that how clients are perceiving us taking care of their pets. So that is a huge mm -hmm. thing to include is, is making sure that your staff knows those kinds of things that you're driving that are client facing. Yep. Yep. So you were mentioning in those like top things you really look for. Um, how do you assess for that in the interview? I think there's a lot of people that, um, that might be listening that have some issues like, is that questions that you ask? Is that things that you're watching for in the process? Um, how do you really assess for their ability to make smart decisions, have a productive schedule? Uh, is there something in your actual process that helps you pinpoint if they are going to be that type of person? Hmm. So some of it is kind of just a gut feeling. And I definitely tell people to follow their gut. Like, don't get desperate. Don't try to fit somebody in who you get pink flags about. Um but there are some things like you can see, you know, if I'm saying let's schedule a video call, somebody who follows up and says, okay, my availability is Tuesday at nine, Wednesday at 10, Thursday at 11, what time works best for you? Will you be sending me a video link? That's obviously a very prepared person versus if I say, okay, are you interested in Can you hear me now? I can. Sorry, my headphone died. Um, <laughs> like they, If I say, do you want to schedule a video interview? And they say back, yes, period. End of email. Like that is obviously a very different vibe Ooh, than yes. went above and beyond. So, you know, there's, there's things like that. Um, and then I also, I actually look a lot at people's other jobs and other life that they're doing. Like I have... I mean, I've always had great success with true project managers. I've had great success with teachers. I've had great success with stay-at-home moms. Um, I have actually had very good success. I've had two, which is a weird job, but I've had two, like, court reporters. And so oh. 
talk about detail oriented, like you are literally timing everything they say. So, um, Kind That's of, a good point. Wow. I wonder yeah. if we have a court reporting school here in St. Louis. <laughs> yes. Kind of to south. <laughs> jobs that just require you to, jobs that require you to pay attention. I also have quite a few members on staff who have other non-related pet businesses that they run on their own. So like we've got crafting people, photographers, things like that. Those people do really well because they understand there's more than just the service. There's customer service behind it. Um, so I kind of look at that. I don't do, I don't, I'm trying to think of if there's a specific question. I don't think there's a specific question I ask about the calendar because I think part of that is me teaching them what could realistically fit in. Um, I do think when I'm interviewing people, people who ask me back about, like they understand that I pay per visit and they make the connection to, okay, so then I shouldn't be driving very far. And I'm like, correct. Yes, you should stay in like a three mile radius of your house because I'm going to pay you per visit, like not for drive time directly or whatnot. Obviously, indirectly, I'm covering it. But and so people who make that connection as well typically do a good job because their analytical brains are working and they know okay, I shouldn't just say yes to everything. It's got to make sense for how far I'm driving or how long the visit is and things like that. But, and I mean, yeah, a lot of it is just a gut feeling. Like sometimes you get on with somebody and I'm like, did your cat just die? You seem really sad. Like, why are you talking to me like that? Like what's, what's happening? And so, um, yeah, again, it's just, you know, everybody, you know, when you meet people, if you like them or not, like, just go with that. <laughs> just go with that. Yeah, that, that definitely helps. I know, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people get caught up on the right type of questions. And, um, you know, there are a lot of those systems out there where um, external external programs that, OK, well, you know, here, go over here and do this behavioral assessment. If it comes back and tells me that you're a good person, I'll hire you. Um, you've been in the recruiting wow. industry for way long. Um I guess, what's your experience with those types of external things? It really sounds like you go based off of your gut feeling, but your gut also has 10 years of training. So what what right, do you yeah. think about some of, you know, those external things for people that just might need a little something extra? Yeah. You ever so, used those before? Like Orion is one of them. I remember when uh, ages ago, when I applied to work at our local emergency animal clinic, I had to go through an online behavioral test. Um, what do you think about those? So, I mean, I can certainly see the the reason why people use them. It actually became an ongoing joke. So I was with my, my recruiting company for, uh, I've been in recruiting for 10 years. I was with my last company for eight years. And it was a joke because I, when I was getting hired, I failed the personality assessment. They said I would not be a good recruiter. I had to get like VP approval sign off. And the only reason I got the job was because I knew somebody like my husband already worked at the company in a different division. So they were like, oh, we'll just give her a chance. And then I ended up I was the number one recruiter six out of my eight years nationwide in a twenty two billion dollar company. So I was just like your assessment didn't work. Like just, Your assessment sucks. Yeah, you might want to rethink that. 
So it it's just one of those things. I think it could be used as part of it if you wanted to. Um, I think for me, it would make more sense for me to think through some consistent questions that you want to ask and maybe something you want to say and then just watch the reaction to it. Like I say, dogs vomit, you know, their humans are gone. Dogs get more anxious. They're more likely to have an accident while you're pet sitting than they are just on a random Tuesday or whatever. If they can react with like, okay, that makes sense. Or like, oh, shoot. Like, obviously that's not good, you know? So I would think more coming up with consistent questions so that you can get a baseline for how people should respond or what a good response sounds like to you. Um, but yes, I, I know there is definitely a honing of my gut, <laughs> gut feeling of it has been, it has been proven so that that's harder. And I, um, I send my people through quite a few steps in the onboarding process. There's just not a, not a true behavior test, but I do think there's some merit in making people jump through some hoops to make sure that it's going to be a good fit again. And I even say this in my interview, I say my onboarding process is lengthy because I can't guarantee money immediately. So people who need money next Friday to pay, like, that's just not going to be a good fit. Like, it's just not going to work. So if I make my onboarding process take longer, then they, those kind of people fall out and, and that kind of thing. So, um, okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, you know, let's go ahead and unpack for the listeners what you do in your onboarding process. I'm sure they're probably curious since, you know, you are the pro on getting people through. You said you have multiple steps that you like to take them through. Give us a little yeah. nutshell. So I do, I, I get their resume or they've applied online, whatever it may be. I have an initial phone call with them. It is very preliminary, high level, just in general. Do you have some availability that I, that I need help with. Um, and then I email them more information and that includes pay rates and a breakdown of all of our services. And I actually have an Excel document where they're supposed to fill out their availability and, and send it back to me. And then on that, in that email, there's an says, if you're interested from here, let's schedule a time for a video call. Um, so then I do the video call on that video call. I take a deeper dive into time to pet and into our service map, just so they can see where they live and then clients that surround them just so they can kind of get a sense for how far they'd have to go. Um, and then in time to pet, I'm showing them how the system works in general. I'm not training them on the system, but I'm showing them it's high level capabilities but what I am kind of deep diving into is I will show them three or four different calendars of people who have various volumes and make different amounts of money. You know, so I'll be like, this person makes $500 a month and this person makes a thousand and this person makes 2000. Like, so depending on what you can take, it's just very transparent in that. Look, they have three visits a day, mm -hmm. you can do three visits every day in the month, or you could do seven visits just on the weekends. Like it can kind of all vary. So I, I deep dive into that for true transparency, both from an earning potential and from just a concept of like, you're not just going out one time. If you're pet sitting, you're going out morning, midday, evening. Everything. Right. So, so I try to do that. 
Then from there, I send them our employee handbook, our standard operating procedures, our like visit checklist. I have them read through all of that and they actually complete a little multiple choice quiz that all the answers were in the write up or in the paperwork. They just have to complete that. That is a step. Obviously it takes some time. It is also one of the ones like my best employees complete that. I mean, it is a strong correlation between how quickly they complete that and how good of an employee they are. My people who complete that, like the same day that I interviewed them often come in and are rock stars where if it takes them, I'll give them like three days where I would still move them through the process. If it takes like a week, I'm kind of like, oh, I didn't hear from you. I thought you weren't interested. Like what happened? Why'd that take yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's going on? I maybe hired somebody else depending on what their excuse was or whatnot. So that's a good thing. And then I have them do on the job shadowing with my training manager. She takes them on a few midday visits. Um, and she is the one who's actually teaching them how to use the app properly. And then she's giving them their new hire supplies and stuff like that. So, and then there's background and paperwork once they're done with that. But so honestly, when they make it through that whole take your little quiz and read your information, that's that's kind of your final step of the hiring process. Yeah. They get to that point as long as they finish that in your amount of time. I mean, they're hired. Yeah. When you yeah. send them on to your training manager, yeah. like she's just kind of making sure that she's not like, oh my God, this person sucks, which right. you would never send her somebody that sucks anyway. She knows you've yeah. signed off and now she just needs to be comfortable with them. And yeah. make sure that they have, you know, initial handling skills. Yeah, I would say and probably because, you know, we have 84 employees, but I people have come and gone, you know, all throughout the in this year. So of probably the 100 people I've sent to her to train, I think she's knocked out three of them, maybe where she's decided like, oh, no, that didn't go well. <laughs> like they can't. One girl showed up in high heels. She was like, wait. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We, we have that in our uh, training manual. It's yeah. like, uh-uh, we don't wear any shoes like that. No yes. practical shoes with good traction. Right. Yes. But definitely. Yeah. Once they've made it through all my steps, she is just, she's literally on the job training kind of, but at that point, I think they're hired. I'm like, okay, you're, you're ready to go in the next day or two. You'll be fully ready to take on jobs. Once I have your background back. That's awesome. So, um, so you have a obviously great hiring funnel, the way you move them through. Um, I totally missed asking about the initial step. Where do you put job offers? What, what do you see is like the best stuff out there for people that, that need some ideas. So I post on indeed consistently. I have three or five jobs that I'm putting out kind of every week. I'm trying to keep them fresh, keeping the keeping the applicants flowing. I'm also posting on Facebook groups. Um, I'm having myself, my staff, my friends post on next door, things like that. I'll send out a graphic and have them reach out. So I'm kind of always trying to cast a net and just just everywhere. You know, I'm kind of always wearing a shirt or I'm always talking about peak city puppy. Like I've hired quite a few people from the gym that I work at. You just never <laughs> know where you're going to, where you're going to meet people or what, what they 
need to do or where they're going to come from. It's just kind of always, always be out there. Um, it is one of those things that does take consistent effort. Um, so like today coming off of a long weekend, you know, I've got, I've got six new clients in my inbox and then I have 10 resumes that I, you know, I've reviewed the resumes throughout the weekend. I have 10 that I want to follow up on. And so it's like, okay, I've got to make time. Those are both important. Like when you think about quadrants of urgent and important and whatever, like yes. those are both important for the growth of my company. So I need to make time each day to be handling that. And obviously, again, like we talked about, I'm at the point now, I don't run the day to day of the business with the consistent, with the current clients or the existing client um, requests coming in. My employees aren't necessarily coming to me for emergencies. They're all going through my field manager. So that does give me time to step away and, and focus on the hiring. But I'm probably putting an hour or two into hiring every single day. And then, so it's that consistency. Yeah. 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 And, and just to, to clarify, do you do paid ads? I don't do any paid ads right now. Indeed keeps trying to change things. So they may eventually push out. Like they just started not showing you people's phone numbers, which is frustrating. But um, yes. So right now, right now, I do not currently do any any paid ads on on Indeed? Not right now. Okay, so free Indeed ads. You put out three to five. You do them every Friday, so they're always fresh at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Just Facebook groups. You don't like boost or pay any money on Facebook. No. And then you really your own networking. Yeah, honestly. So yeah, yeah which. Uh, this weekend, um, our team, we just celebrated uh, basically the end of 2022. Yay, it was our big team bash at the local dog bar, uh, Bar K here in St. Louis. Huge, huge place. So we were so overwhelmed. It was amazing. And uh, we, I had hired a handler for our team's dogs. We had like 10, 10 of our employees brought dogs, which was super fun to be able to engage in that way with each other. And so I'd hired a handler to take care of them. We had a private area of the dog park and um, Lizzie. Wow. Holy crap. At, I mean, at the end of it, I went up to Lizzie and I handed her a business card and I said, I want to hire you. Yeah. And, um, you know, we started talking further and she's um, I actually ended up emailing the owner of uh, Bar K and I said, if you do not make this woman manager of one of your new facilities, you are going to be missing out. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I, I fessed up and I said, I tried to steal her from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've done that in I've done that in grocery stores, in the line of grocery stores when people are very engaging and maybe I have something on that, you know, has my business name and they're like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Is, is that your company? And if they're engaged, I'm like, here's a card, man. Uh, an amazing waiter or waitress. Oh, yeah. You know, you might just want to stick that card in there with a little note on it whenever you yeah. get their tip saying, yeah. you're freaking amazing if you're ever interested in something else part time and you love pets. So, you know, you never know where the best people are going to come from. No. Yeah. Well, and then and then there's a lot of, you know, if you are running your business properly and you're treating your people right. You know, like I get employee referrals as well. And obviously those people I'm kind of fast tracking 
through the process or, or whatnot. They still have to go through all my steps, but I'm letting them through, you know, it's just like, well, they're talking about, they're talking yeah. about, Hey, I do this and it works really well. And Jordan's flexible and she's not an asshole. You know, that's like my claim to fame. I'm not yeah. a girl. Like, I'm not an ass. I'm not the worst. I'm not the worst. So come on. Um, so yeah, so it just, it's just kind of all there. You, you never know where they're going to come from and you obviously never know how long they're going to stay or anything like that either. But all you can do is treat them the best you can and give them the best experience and then see what happens. But there's always people my husband, like I said, he runs a seafood company and he does not have a recruiter mentality. And it's very funny because he will say, because he only sells on the fish Fridays and Saturdays. And he's like, well, who would want to work just on Fridays, Saturdays? It's so hard to hire for that. And I'm like, you have no idea why anybody, like maybe it's a divorced dad who his kids with his mom on those days. Like you have no idea what anybody's schedule is. You won't know sure. until you put it out there and find out like, just because you husband wouldn't work just Fridays and Saturdays doesn't mean somebody else couldn't like you have no idea. He ended up, he hired somebody who's a pediatric dental assistant who the office is closed on Fridays and then obviously is closed on Saturdays and it works oh perfect gosh. for her. So yeah, yeah. So it's like, you just don't know until you put it out there. And so that's kind of some of that, what we think we know. Yeah. We don't, we don't yeah. know. I think, yeah, that's, that probably can almost be up there as one of the top mindset shifts that I've had to have as a business owner Yeah, is not making those decisions for people. Right. Yeah. Well, and there's just a, just because I wouldn't go, like we offer overnights. Well, when I was 25 years old, like I wouldn't have felt comfortable going to sleep at somebody's house, but that doesn't mean I don't have 10 employees that are willing to do it. Like they're just in a different part of life that they would That's do it. it. So it's just like, and they're probably celebrating that extra cool. money to sleep at somebody's house. Right? right. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, you just got to let people make their own choices for them. And just because we wouldn't do it, doesn't mean somebody else wouldn't do it. That's what the free market is. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's all about testing the market and, and yeah. responding to the market. So, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, this has been really incredible. I know you've given all the listeners so yeah. much to think about um, because, you know, again, having this much experience in, in recruiting and business in general and coming into this industry, you contribute so much, um, you know, new people in the industry contribute so much energy and, Yes, you are, for all practical purposes, pretty dang new, but look what you have done. You're doing That's it. pretty amazing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I mean, you've told everybody the number of visits a day. So, you know, it's the month of January right now. Let's just give a reference point. How many visits do you have scheduled uh, this month? Oh, I thought you were going to ask my... I thought you were going to ask my revenue number. I was ready with well, number. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that rude. I mean, of course, if you want to share it, absolutely. But you know, my revenue. That one. Well, you know, time to pet just makes it easy. I'm sitting at. I know, right? We should like. Okay, time to pet people. You're missing the boat here, right? I'm sitting at seventy-one thousand for the month of January, and I have time to pets running. 
3,175 visits this month so far. Or scheduled. Yes. And that's between all your services, including you do overnights, private boarding, dog walking and pet setting. So you kind of have that whole boat. Yeah. So we do uh, midday dog walking is the bulk of ours. So we average. Yeah, it looks like between 125 and 150 for the middays. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we drop down to about 50 for just straight pet sitting. So, yeah. So I know a bunch of people are hearing this and going dropping down to yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> well, that's really incredible, Jordan. And what was the percentage growth that you've seen since taking over um, Peak City Puppy? So it's year over year was 89% from 2021 to 2022 for both companies kind of combined. But I was just looking at last year's January was combined with the two companies was 34,000. So I'm sitting at 71 and it's because I hired everybody. I can say yes to all the all the clients that tried to come in. So yeah, so there you go. Just one year later, because of you, <laughs> your skill set, your drive, you know everything that you've done in your company, you've more than doubled right. your revenue from January last year to January of this year. Yeah. So now the goal we got to get over a hundred k in one of these summer months. That's the goal. That's it. We're, we're chasing each other, man. You yep. know, seven fig big, right? Yep. We're going to do it. Make That's... it to a million dollars. That is so incredible. Thank you so much. Um, this, this has been huge value for everyone I know. And uh, uh, ha- I mean, if anybody has any specific questions for you, um, can they just shoot you an email or? Yeah. Yeah. That of work? course it's Jordan. Cool. It's Jordan at peakcitypuppy.com. And I'll get back to you after I talk to all my new hires. Yeah. After she was done with her recruiting work. Too fun. Well, I will drop that down in the show notes also. Yeah. But thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have an amazing rest of your day. And hopefully you don't get too much in your inbox at once, right? <laughs> Awesome. We appreciate you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?